You're listening to 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4, the show where we ask creative minds 10 questions about their passion and their process. I'm Tali. Today's guest is writer, director, actor, and musician, Maddie Deutsch. I actually feel like creativity is tethered to my mental health. I include it among my multivitamin. <laughs> I sat down with Maddie at her home in Studio City. Maddie's my best friend on earth, so her house has been a safe haven for me. When I moved to LA as I wrote my album, as I moved through life, Maddie and her home remain a constant. The day that we did this interview, Maddie, while working on two upcoming features, had also baked four cakes. Very Maddie. As might just end up my style on this podcast, this episode contains quite a bit of explicit language. So again, cover your ears and cover the ears of any humans, children, or small puppies who don't want to hear. If so, you've been warned. Okay. Okay. This is fun. This is the first question. What are you working on right now? Right now, I am working on two feature films, one to direct them, one that I wrote. So that one is really obnoxiously personal and egomaniacal. It's so good. (laughs) And then the other one is based on a book. Um, And I'm really excited about that, too. So that's what I'm kind of mainly focusing on right now. By the way... If you're listening to this, I have read the script of this thing she just called egomaniacal, and it's <laughs> spectacular and a changer of the game. No, I don't know. Are you still Thanks. working? Are you finished with the script now? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, God, I hope. Well, no, no script is ever done, but <laughs> as of today, it's in a state. It's in a state That I don't finish. hate. Nice. Yeah. I feel like that's the only actual answer to when a project is Mm -hmm. done it's in a state that i don't hate the most i'm gonna forget which director said it which is embarrassing because he's extraordinarily famous but that like no movie is ever finished only abandoned yes please anyone listening to this podcast that knows that i'm not smart name in the comment section the director (laughs) that i'm talking about Uh, (laughs) i wonder like how many times i like should I, i should set up like a little counter of of um undeserved Maddie insults on Maddie. Yeah, but you the, are very the self-deprecation tab. It's, it's high. It's yeah. high. Two Jewish women sat down to do a podcast. <laughs> it was abusive. <laughs> yeah. Spot on. Yeah. The second question is, what is the most unexpected thing that has happened in your career? Me too, time's up. Hmm. I mean, that's everyone's career, but I'm no veteran, but I did grow up in this business. Mm-hmm. Well, you, when you grow up with certain kinds of like working conditions, mm-hmm. you, that's not abnormal, right? So I just didn't think anyone would ever say, wait, this is not normal hmm. or it shouldn't be normal. Yeah. That's been really surprising for me. I mean, the landscape of the work that I do is, I do a lot of different kinds of work, but the main focus is independent filmmaking, which is all about raising funds Mm -hmm. to do what you want to do. And five years ago, trying to raise funds to do a film, no one was even pretending like they were going to care about a movie about girls. Mm. Um, Now at least people pretend, (laughs) (laughs) even if they don't actually care. They like put on a really good face and pretend. So at least you walk in the room and you can be like, oh, yeah. Yay, we're all pretending. We're all pretending, right? Yeah. Um, 
So I've seen the landscape change really rapidly, even in my mid-20s, yeah. which seems really weird to be in the same decade of my life and feel like um, the texture is just different. Hmm. That's really weird. Yeah. How, is this sh- how has that shift affected you? I have more opportunities hmm. than I did before, and I think people are terrified, so hmm. they want to take women more seriously i mean even if it's for optics i don't care yeah (laughs) i'm like fine you know yeah i mean that's not true that sounds that sounds flippant and i don't mean it that way i do care and i hope that it is a an actual movement and not a moment and Mm. i know a lot of people say that it sounds kind of trite but i just like i don't i don't really care how i have to get it done Mm -hmm. just that i get it done. I love that. Sounds kind of savage. <laughs> That's the best way to sound. <laughs> yeah. These days. Amazing. People often ask about the who, what, when, how, and where of creation, but they rarely ask why. Why do you create? That's a really good question. Um, I don't want to think about it too much. Maybe the, the, my instinct tells me that it's because I'm, it's selfishly, I'm just really unhappy <laughs> when I'm not, when I'm not, doing creative work Mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean like going out every day and saying why this movie needs to get made or Mm -hmm. whatever uh sometimes it's like cooking or Mm -hmm. sometimes it's taking photos or hemming a dress Mm -hmm. I don't know I mean it that sounds really like Pollyanna but for me I learned in college that if I don't do one creative thing every day I go really cuckoo bananas Mm. so I I just know that it's it's like brushing your teeth uh-huh. for me. Like it just it becomes a part of the fabric of my life in a way that is instrumental. And if I don't do it, I start to act a little bit crazy. That's fascinating and we haven't had that answer yet. Really? Just, I create because I must. Yeah. I don't know if it's an original answer, but it's just how I feel. I actually feel like creativity is tethered to my mental health. I include it among my multivitamin. <laughs> That's what I think about creativity. Have I had my vitamin D? Have I created? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have I had my plant-based multivitamin? <laughs> We're going to take this podcast into a whole other realm with, whole where we talk about realm. plant-based vitamins. Yes. And holistic solves. I'm down, by the way, because I feel I'm like... I'm big into this. Yes. I really don't like big pharma. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like we could do an entire other podcast where you and I talk about antibiotics Hundred percent, and our knowledge of them. I would love to discuss that amoxicillin is the biggest ruse <laughs> on the American general public. We've gone. That's we, true. It's true. That is true. A doctor once said to me, an, a real doctor, not a fake doctor. Uh huh. She said taking amoxicillin is like pissing in the ocean and expecting the water to rise. Wow. And I was like, you're my best friend. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I, I like. I just want to say, like, Maddie, Maddie is my best friend in the world, and it would not be a podcast of us if we didn't mention antibiotics somewhere. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> not to the part about being your best friend, about the part about the <laughs> antibiotics. Spect- yeah. And I should also say while we're here that because I say this in every in every time that I record where we are, we are in Maddie's spectacular home in Studio City. It is the most, it is my happy place. It is perfectly appointed. It is the best home I've been to in my life. All that means is that I have a lot of butter here. It's true. <laughs> she has, I, and this butter. is also not a joke, you have now made four cakes. Yeah, I've made four cakes today. In the last three mm-hmm. hours. It's very impressive. I know, I'm pretty excited about it. She's a very good creator. All right, the next one. 
What's your favorite thing on earth right now outside of your creative field? My favorite thing on earth right now outside. So does that mean that it can't be something that's related to creativity or kind art? Of. It kind of needs to be like not about like, yeah. Oh, shit. Mm. Wait, it's bad that I don't have an answer to this because it means <laughs> I have no life. Wait, I don't like that I didn't have an answer. I should have been like hang gliding. <laughs> Actually, okay, 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 okay. I did go paragliding. Wow. In, uh, okay. my You have a favorite I have thing. an answer. Okay. I did go paragliding in Interlaken in Switzerland oh my gosh. over the holiday. What a sentence. Did I not tell you this? You not. Oh my God. It was wild. Wow. It was so fun. Um, I, I just like, I never ever did stuff like that before. I always just, I don't know. I'm kind of like a curmudgeon that way. I'm like, mm-hmm. I should be working. Yeah. I should be doing anything but having fun. <laughs> basically like we're all guilty of this yeah so like but it's you I don't know I don't know what it is at some point my very brilliant mother said to me um you know that if you're of course I'm gonna bring it around back around to my work but like if you're a writer of any kind Uh like you're a songwriter Mm. I write all kinds of silly things and the the thing about writing though is that like you can't always be so serious and sit by the phone and wait for it to ring you absolutely have to go out and live your life because like what do you have to write about if you don't do that mm. so that for me now means that I'm going to do a lot more paragliding nice <laughs> that's the end of that story what is paragliding it was so amazing it's um you are strapped into like a little uh, seat kind of okay. with a person who's a professional paraglider Important. and they pull there's no motor and you run off a cliff <gasps> And a parachute catches the wind and they manually use these strings to like control the parachute to like get you down to the ground. But it's like a 15 minute ride and you're like in the mountains and there's no motor. So it's like dead quiet and you feel like you're flying and you feel totally safe. That's the other weird thing is you're in the middle of the sky. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I'm also probably describing paragliding so wrong. I'm enjoying it. If somebody looked it up, they'd be like, that's 100% not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) It was extraordinary. But we were in Switzerland and Uh the Swiss don't like when you yell. Okay. I guess. So at the end, they're like, great, we're going to pull this one string really hard and we're going to spin in a circle so fast in the middle of the sky. Like... (laughs) A roller coaster with no coaster. and wow. But you can't scream. Oh, my god! Because the local Swiss people will get mad. Wow. I, Did I, you succeed? Yeah, I was just, like, silently, like, oh, my God. <laughs> Freaking out. <laughs> Stupid. It was a really, really fun. One. That's Honest, a good one. I went really, that was tangential I on loved a level. It. I'm yeah. sorry. It's your favorite thing right now. I'm so sorry. But you know that. That's my favorite question. Basically... The reason that we made this whole podcast was that um, Jose and I were sort of sick of being asked stupid ones. Stupid these are really, questions. these are har- actually kind of hard questions. Thank which you. I like. We worked on them together. So we yeah. included our favorite questions that Jose wished people would ask and questions uh-huh. that I asked. Because that's my favorite question mm-hmm. to ask people. That's really smart. Yeah, because I hate, like in a party, you know this, I hate in a party being like, what do you do? Oh, it's or, my worst nightmare. Yeah, any of that. So I like to ask people what their favorite thing on earth right now is. And people have a lot of trouble. Adults have a lot of trouble answering it. Kids are great. Well, yeah, because that's the thing that we've lost as yeah. we get a little bit older, right? Is the idea that we do need things that are fun and ways to play. And yeah, 
connect back with your inner child. But it's I'm true. Trying. But it's true. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. <laughs> it's true. Amazing. It is true. And to that end, this is one of Jose's questions. What's one question you wish people would ask you? And what's your answer? Wish they would ask me about what? Anything. God, that's hard. Like in an interview, mm. people ask you annoying questions like, what's it like being a lady director? Mm. But what's one that you actually wish people would ask you? I wish people would ask about the process. Mm. They don't ask, well, because if the general public doesn't know who you are yet, mm-hmm. they're going to be asking really general questions. You know, the world moves really fast. Mm-hmm. If someone's reading something on you, they're going to be like, great. How old is this per- Like, this yeah. is the savage reality of the universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, how old are they? What do they do? Mm-hmm. Why do they do it? Mm-hmm. Who are their, who's their community? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how did they get where they are? Mm-hmm. That's what they want to know. But, like, I love listening to the DGA does a podcast where directors um, interview other directors about mm-hmm. their films. Mm-hmm. And they ask the best questions. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point where, like, my eyes just kind of glass over and I'm like, this is heaven. Uh-huh. Because it's not about anything other than the process. Wow. Why, you know, why did you pick these lenses? Why did you do that shot? Why did you even want to tell the story? Why, why? Well, like, real questions are actually about the nuts and bolts of making things. I think that's what I'm getting to. There's like a really big in, to, in my mind. I think there's a difference between creatives and creators, hmm. and I think often from a PR angle, people are going to ask you questions as it relates to being a creative, mm-hmm. not necessarily as it relates to being a creator. Like, wow. what's the wellspring of why why you wanted or what you're trying to say do you know what I mean like I just think that there's a different approach what would you say is the difference between creative and creator um I think as a creative you you usually come into a project anywhere except for zero (laughs) as a creator you have to come in at zero meaning (laughs) there's nothing like you're there there is ether and you and then 20 minutes later there's a pre-chorus or like there is oxygen (laughs) and you and you know five minutes later you've come up with an idea for a movie or whatever it it means that you literally have like grabbed something out of nowhere Hmm. um I think we've all done both you know you've had to go into a studio where you're dealing with like other people Mm -hmm. And that's when you're a creative mm-hmm. because you're like, I got to really collaborate here. I got to like kind of duck and weave in a way that's going to be like yeah. politically correct yeah, yeah, and yeah. sort of try to lend my hand and be of service and help and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But that I don't think that I, – I think that often can be like deeply rewarding work. But I think the creator stuff is when you've – it's – kind of conception-based work, mm. right? Where How it's does, like, yeah. ding, oh, all of a sudden, that. I want to make that. I love that. And to that end, the what would be your answer? Like, what can you speak on your experience as a creator? Yeah. You mean, like, how does it show up for me? Yeah. I think my favorite thing about creator-type 
inspiration is it's like either it inspires you or it doesn't. Mm. That's my favorite thing is because you can be in a room with a million other people and be like, I think I have this thing to add or like they already want to go with that idea. And so I'm not going to say no. I'm just going to say, well, maybe we frost the cake this way Mm. or whatever it is that you're there to do. But like when it's just you, you either have the juice to be like that makes my brain start to you know kick around all Mm -hmm. kinds of different crazy options Mm -hmm. or you don't Mm -hmm. you just either like it or you don't Mm -hmm. that's what I love about it is it's like weirdly black and white Mm. I know when I want to I know when I want to do something and when I don't when it's just me Mm. um I don't know that sounds really I clearly am spending too much time alone (laughs) (laughs) it's too much time to think about this stuff I love that I I love that and I feel like it's a It's a tough, I know what you mean, and it's a tough thing to explain, and sometimes I almost feel guilty explaining Mm. it to um, people who don't, aren't creators in that sense, Mm -hmm. where I'm- By the way, they're a lot happier. Yes, absolutely. Let me put it to you this (laughs) way. They have mental- They are stable. (laughs) Yes. They're stable. They're not like one sneeze away from going to the ICU like me. As I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're they're stable. They're happier. (laughs) They're more successful because they're usually better at working with tons of different people. Yes. But I often do feel guilty when I'm explaining that um, when they're asking how I write something when I'm just sitting by myself. And it and I generally my answer is it has very little to do with me. And I don't know the answer. Do you? You mean it almost kind of feels like a divine... Yeah. Like lightning bolt or yeah. something? Yeah. It is. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it is. just is. It is. Yeah. That's and, a really good point, too. Yeah, and you can sort of speak to how to, I feel like over the years I've learned how to hone it, uh-huh. you know, how to move it closer, how to guide it. But everything really good that I've written <laughs> has very little to do with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I derive different types of satisfaction from different processes Mm. processes Mm. of working Mm -hmm. um if I'm really in my head I mean nothing is better than someone bringing you a problem to fix Mm -hmm. you know because that makes you feel powerful yeah like I diagnosed it and I fixed it now it's better Mm -hmm. you know um but uh you know when it's just you working I think from your soul I think it's less about being like a fixer or a mender or a shaper mm-hmm. and more about like, God, this sounds so fucking woo-woo, but more about <laughs> like channeling. Yeah. Really like cha- what are you channeling? Yeah. Where is it coming from? That's, yeah, I agree. I agree. Often the public is only seeing the tip of the iceberg on a creative project. They rarely see the years of hard work, the setbacks, the breakthroughs, and the hard decisions that get made every day on a project. How does a project start for you and when, if ever, does it end? Um, it starts for me, like what I was talking, if I'm working alone, it starts for me, like I was saying before that weird lightning bolt that happens where like that, I can do something with that. Mm. Um, it often comes from my own life experiences. Mm -hmm. I, maybe I'm just less creative, but I always feel like the writers who say they don't write from their own life experience are lying. I just, I don't, what other filter do you have? Like you're filtering the world through your own eye. Like I, Mm -hmm. 
maybe they're just smarter than me. I don't know. But I, um, and I, I tend to write pretty ferociously from personal experience in the sense that I'm not really afraid of someone reading something and going like, are you writing based on you? Are you writing based on me? <laughs> are you writing based on so-and-so? Mm. I, I just, by the way, I'll just, full transparency, having already put a giant piece of art that I worked on for a number of years out into the world and, um, it was based on a lot of people. None of those people knew that it was about <laughs> <them>. <laughs> like real talk. Good like track record. Honestly, like everyone is so self-involved. Yeah. They're thinking about themselves. It's They're true. definitely not worried about what you're, you know, writing about them. Yeah. I'm gonna regret saying that and then I'm gonna I can get take an it email out from want. someone. No, no, no. They no. finally figured it out. <laughs> no, but I actually think it's true. It's like no one's focusing on you but you, mm -hmm. right? Like, we're mm -hmm. all just thinking about ourselves. So that being said, I tend to write from personal experience that inspires me, and I tend to wait for, like, a lightning bolt to kind of hit me. I have to fill up for a while. Like, I can't um, – if it's, if it's incremental little kind of pieces of writing, I can get up every day and do it. But if I've just done, like, a feature – I have to wait like four to six months before I start doing anything else again because I'm just dead. Like mm. I don't have anything left at that point. Um, and then what was the second part of the question? It was like, what do you... When, if ever, it? does it end? Oh, <laughs> I don't think it ends. I think you just find a time to let go or mm. you just have to have faith that you've surrounded yourself enough with people that trust to be able to like take the pen out of your hand and be like, it's, it's you're enough. Good. Yeah. yeah good. You got to stop now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like that. And I also feel like just for my sake, cause we've done a few of these, this question is so long that the beginning of it gets forgotten. Um, which is like that idea of the fact that people only see the, the tip of the iceberg, the end of a project. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like I remember when you decided that you were going to potentially write a movie called The Year of Spectacular Men mm -hmm. and it took a while, mm -hmm. you know, and it's such a, it's a, it, it's a fantastic movie. It's mm -hmm. so good, you know, but it took a long time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something that I, I really want is for people to know that, mm -hmm. like how much time it takes or in contrast you could be you and decide to make a record and make it in like six weeks <laughs> but now i'm like <laughs> it's true yeah you set that me was, you set me up just now ah. that was crazy because you were going to make an ep and then you decided that you needed to do a record yeah and you literally wrote every song in like <laughs> you also were there for that minutes <laughs> Or you could do it that way. But I do feel like that those six weeks were the product of 10 years. Yeah. And you know what I don't like about a project taking a long time is it allows you to start getting precious about it, which yes. I hate. Yeah. I don't like feeling precious about my work at all. Yeah. I don't even want to call it my work. Mm -hmm. That feels precious to me. Like it's not, uh, it's just, yeah. It's some of the best, the, the video that I did for you, yeah. I, um, lot for your song Los Angeles was like you called me like a maniac. I'm sorry. And you were like, it has to get done at this time. I should just know to never believe you, but yeah. with the timelines yeah, because right. everything right. always changes. But I'll tell you what was beautiful about that is not to haze you, but because, <laughs> um, but, 
because what happened is when you're, this is what I love about art with boundaries and restrictions is like art, man, artists are always talking about like, they didn't let me do what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And like, granted, I know that there are extreme examples of this where people are really put in a bind and kind of forced to do things that feel Mm -hmm. really untrue to them. But I think if you see everything like it's grist to your mill and there is uh, like that boundary and that restriction is going to be, is going to force you to ask yourself even harder what you're trying to say and why you're trying to say it the way you're trying to say it. Mm-hmm. You're going to make such better art. And like that, I felt that way about your video mm-hmm. because there was no time yeah. to ask about really that it was like I just had to make a choice about the kind of video that I wanted to make for you yes thank you it's a big gift and, video but you also you were also very I was tr- trusting of me which is mm-hmm. loving but yeah. um but yeah that I like that about yes there is all these years of like killing and hustling yourself and what and hustling for yourself and whatever but sometimes it's nice when stuff like that where it is actually just the tip of the iceberg and you're just like forced to like, yeah. you know. I love that. My favorite part about this podcast is that I just get to talk to brilliant people and it really broadens my idea of things. And that's so smart what you're saying that it's both. It's both. Mm-hmm. There's, and I honestly, like I said, in the same way where you sort of reference how quickly I wrote the album, but to me the album is 10 years and that, and it's both. You... Put yeah. in your time so that you can make yeah. a Los Angeles video. Yeah, well, everybody says, right, that, like, you prepare, 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 and on the day you do whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love that. I never understood, because we went to jazz school, a, mm. a, among the most fervent practicers I've ever met. And I loved that I finally learned that their practicing was only in service to them being competent once they got on stage. Or like literally practicing in service to like come up with it on the spot. Exactly. And improvise. I mean, that is like if we want to get rural esoteric. Always. To the general, to anyone who is listening right now. <laughs> now is your moment to duck out. Full apologies. Yeah. But no, but it's true. Like the, the, the psychology yeah. as a jazz musician behind studying brutally hard to then improvise is wild Wild. like as an actor like you study really hard to do those lines I mean you study really hard in order to let that go and to try to have regular impulses like a real human being Mm -hmm. but you still have the words in the back of your mouth like I mean really it's like cliff jumping or something you're right I've never thought of that is crazy it's amazing I don't think about it that much anymore but like I never thought of that that shit's Narnar. <laughs> I'm so thankful that Narnar made it on this podcast. I love One Nar-Nar. of my favorite things you say. G-N-A-R, G-N-A-R. Correct. <laughs> Onward. What are your thoughts on solo work versus collaboration, and how does that play a role in your work? Um, that is kind of the thing that I was talking about before, that creative versus creator. Mm-hmm. To me, they're different things, mm. and in order to do either one well, I have to be working differently. Mm. Um, uh, I think in order to do work alone and in order to do that kind of like conception-y creator style work, it requires a lot more spirituality. I I think you have to be mm, like 
aware that it's kind of not coming from you and mm. aware of the things around all the all the things in the oh my god like I turned into a witch at some point in the last You're like year so and I became like like hold on let me go stir my cauldron my favorite <laughs> like, witch <laughs> I am a witch correct <laughs> no but I I do think that that is more um like work we're working like with whatever forces in the universe mm. are around you. Oh my God. I'm my favorite witch. regret saying that it sounds so woo woo, but when you're working with another person or people, it's about personalities. It's about, pol- it's about politics. Uh. A lot of the time it's about, um, it's about, uh, uh, you know, who brought who in and why, and what are you there to do? It requires a level of, inter like almost like um social cues yeah (laughs) like you have to be able to see what is going on with everyone in the room around you and Mm -hmm. be able to respond appropriately to that which I feel like you're one of my favorite people I watched do that like as a director you're simultaneously so sensitive and able to help someone and also so devoted to what's going on visually, which I can't hold those two things at once. Thank you. It's amazing. Thank you. Well, I'm laughing because I'm thinking of the last video that I shot for you where you were like, I don't want to wear this coat. And I was like, you're wearing the fucking coat. We got it. Like, it's as close to a fight as I think we've ever gotten. I yeah. was like, I turned into like, like a vicious like kindergarten teacher. I was like, you stand here, you wear this coat, you hold your lunchbox, you, like, you keep your mouth quiet. You were right. <laughs> I, I so, hate so much no, when people are that right, and you were so right. But it just you said such an incredibly like way too nice and sensitive, beautiful thing about me just now, and all I can remember <laughs> is me trying to put you. In- <laughs> That's one of hundreds of times I've seen you be wonderful. And also those times are important. People need direction. I have a lot of trouble doing that. No, but you know what? I really, I understand being on camera is, is painful. It's It's painful. I mean, like, I I wish it upon no one. (laughs) Not a soul. I wish for you to be on camera. Not at all. Anyone. That's our wish for you. (laughs) Like it's. It's so uncomfortable, yeah. you know? But you don't, you make it feel much more natural. Like, I feel like every video I do with you, I get better at it. I, I, this is one thing that I don't... I mean, God, I, talk to me when I've directed a feature, but <laughs> I really... This is one thing that I don't understand. And this is a really strong point of view. I know a lot of directors who would disagree with me mm. wholeheartedly, but this is why I don't understand why directors don't show the monitor mm. to the to the talent yeah because like I know what it's like to be the talent and if I'm concerned that I look a certain way whether it's um too clean for the character or uh not good enough for Mm. the character you know or like I'm being lit weird or like I feel like I'm shooting me from a weird angle or whatever um I'm preoccupied thinking about that I can't do my job correctly Mm -hmm. so I mean I know that there's plenty of actors also who would be like, it's not your business to know how you look. But I just like, I'm like, this is the real world. We live in the real world. We all post selfie, a million fucking selfies on Instagram every day. Like everyone's concerned with how they look, you know? So I just feel like clue people in, let them know how they look on monitor, show them, invite them. Yeah. If they want. Cause like Jose never wants to look. 
I don't think right. I don't well, it. that's another whole thing. But if you're like neurotic, as I am, like me and you, you I think it you just build a sense of trust because yeah. then you're like, oh wait, I don't look bad. Okay, now I can concentrate on whatever it is that I'm supposed to be doing here. Totally. I I know a lot of people who would disagree with me, but I just but this is your fucking podcast, so <laughs> fuck that. And you better put on that jacket right now, Talia. <laughs> Amazing. Do you believe in the some things are for money versus some things are for art's sake concept? Sure. I don't think you can make a lot of the art you want to make if you don't take money jobs. Thank you. I, I don't. You. I literally don't believe in selling out. I don't think that's a thing. Same. I think it's an annoying thing that was created in art school by a bunch of snobby people. Yes. And I it drives me bananas. Like, I'll never forget. Like, um, w- around the time that we were in conservatory together, mm-hmm. um, Kevin Barnes, who does of Montreal, which yeah. was like my favorite uh, project mm-hmm. in high school he just wrote the most amazing music mm-hmm. and he sold that bass line to an applebee's commercial mm-hmm. i think that boom 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 it's amazing yeah it's incredible and everyone i remember i just it was like anarchy like, <laughs> you just imagine like someone with the tenor sax like bashing it through like a 15th floor window like it was a wild hey, guess sold out <laughs> kevin barnes you know and like it's so dumb like yeah. the guy's gotta eat what he's supposed to be miserable because you are determining what is the right pure. course of action and so what's silly. pure yeah god i like i feel like i've tipped my hand for the rest of the podcast because you've you've answered to how i feel about this question so do and you yeah that's the answer as far as i'm concerned i'm not supposed to say that yeah. oh my god it was a test and you passed you passed well done <laughs> good job amazing we got two more questions what inspired you to become a creative professional is there a particular moment or time you can think of where it shifted and here we mean like is there a time where you shifted from creating to this being your profession? No. No. I think I've always created, I, and I knew that I would do it in a professional setting. It's just which field. Mm. My family was a film family. Mm-hmm. I was very lucky to grow up on sets. They would give me the, the cans and say, be quiet, <laughs> when I was like two. Yeah. You know? So... Um, I love sets, mm-hmm. but I think when you're a kid, you don't want to, you're going to do the opposite thing that your parents are doing, right? You're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's not cool. That's yeah. what my parents do. <laughs> um, so I, I just didn't, you know, I, I thought, well, I'll do music because I like that. And that's you're an not incredible quite, singer. Thank you. Jeez. <laughs> because that's not quite what my parents do. And, but it's still creative. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. It was like, I always knew I'd work as an artist. Okay. Um, or sorry, I, I always hoped I would work as an artist. Mm. Um, but working in film was a surprise. Mm. I did not think that that would be where I would find myself in my life. I feel very grateful for it and I feel deeply grateful that I did not go to film school. Yeah. Like on a level. Yeah. Because I personally, I know people who can totally handle making art academic. It fucked me up. Mm-hmm. Real talk. Um, when we went to conservatory. I think I just didn't have the back, I, I just personally don't have the backbone for it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have the confidence to believe in my ideas. Mm while still being able to sort of split screen my own life and say, okay, but I can still kind of play the game in like an, a- an 
academia, mm. uh, I just couldn't do it. And I think it, I think it like broke me a little bit, which makes me sad. Mm. Um, but I feel like I'm only now coming out of it like 10 years later. Same. Like all, it took me like almost a decade to feel like I could just let that stuff roll off me. Like I don't, you know, I studied as a vocalist for a million fucking years and yeah. only like recently a friend was like, oh, we're playing like some gig at blah, blah, blah. You should come by and sing. And like for the first time in like 10 years, I was like, that sounds like fun. Oh, really? But Good but, to like, know. No, but like not my own gig just to like get up and sing. I know. But I don't do that anymore, you know? I know. <laughs> I've been waiting to hear that answer. college fucked me up. Which by the way is such a white privileged answer and I know it to say like college fuck me up boo hoo like there's so many people Mm -hmm. who their dream is Mm. to get the chance to go yeah so I realize that I am in a very you know I sit on my you know in my privilege when I say that I think college screwed me up yeah um and I can take ownership of that for sure I I mean I I experienced the same thing where it took me a long time to be able to because to be able to love music again is tough, man. I'm yeah. so glad I didn't go to film school. I can't tell you. I have friends who went and work in um, the business and don't seem to be that affected by it. Yeah, because I think it's, you know, it's probably just we struggle because we're us. I, I'm like, are you the Terminator? <laughs> like, why did that not affect you? Like, I am damaged. Amazing. I am broken. We are damaged. <laughs> I am the broken. Title, the title of my <laughs> I'm broken. I am damaged. <laughs> Amazing. All right, that's we're we're almost at the end. Oh my god. So sad. I know. It's tragic. Legacy is a challenging word, but what would you like to pass on to the next generation? I would be really honored to be thought of as somebody who is able to tell new stories, but with sincerity and heart and Mm. real earnestness Mm. and not with the irony that I think the irony or the cynicism that often comes with independently made work I think a lot of the time I think sometimes that's super specific but I think sometimes when you don't have a lot of money to make the work that you want to have there sometimes there's like it's almost like you can feel the chip on someone's shoulder Mm. in their work Mm -hmm. and um the work that inspires me the most is like artists who at once were able to get so specific and then that in and of itself became universal, you know? Mm. So you look at like John Hughes or like Nora Ephron, people like that. They were talking about their memories, their own experiences, and it just got so like macro they're so micro that it like becomes macro and there's an an earnestness, a sincerity, a heart there in their work Mm. that, um, I think a lot of work now is lacking because artists aren't given the support. I love that. You're right. I have no idea if what I'm saying makes literally any sense. No, it does. The personal becoming universal. Yeah. Yeah. I think in, yeah. And I think Genji Cohen said that like in specificity is universality, but, um, I don't know if it has to do with like the fall of like record labels and movie studios. Hmm. Obviously, a, a, you know, we've seen auteurs spring up in both music and filmmaking in these amazing ways because they're given the freedom to work outside of a label, to work outside of a studio system. 
But at the same time, artists are not being given the resources yeah. <laughs> that they once had. Mm -hmm. um, like as far as literally just like cash. Yeah. <laughs> like you need cash to make art. Like I'm yeah. sorry, that's how it works. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to pay people to do what they do and they do it well. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so I can sometimes feel like I work in and around a lot of independent filmmakers, and obviously this is a very specific world, but I feel like they're fighting so fucking hard to just get, like, scraps mm. to make their thing that they want to make. So, like, there's, like, this feeling of, like, hardship mm, <laughs> in it that's, mm -hmm. like, important, but I also want to make people laugh, you yeah. know? I also want to make people, like, smile and... Be like, it is still a movie. <laughs> it is still an album. Yeah. You know? Really Sometimes I point. still feel like with an album you want to dance. Sometimes I still feel like with a movie you want to laugh. Yeah. I don't know. I Maybe what I'm talking about is finding a cross-section between, like, I hate the word, but, like, commerciality. Mm -hmm. Where, and... Um, Authenticity. Uh, yeah, individual individuality this is, <laughs> is a word that I forgot was a word. You did it, though. You got there. I'm not saying anything new at all. I'm just saying that I, I wish that I, what I'm saying is that I'd like to be, I'd like for my work to speak to that cross-section yeah. of like, where a lot of people can relate to it and watch it and get it, but it's also specific to my experiences. You know, I'm sure every artist wants that. I don't think that's it's the first time we've gotten that answer. I don't think that's that specific. No, that was beautiful. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, where can people find you? Honestly, this is really embarrassing, but like on Instagram. That's what every single person <laughs> says. Now you I'm tell us Instagram. your handles. That's what this is. <laughs> I'm on, I really do everything on Instagram. It's so embarrassing to say, but I'm Maddie Deutsch on Instagram. Yes, and it's a glorious Instagram. Thank you so much. Yeah. I actually have a weird like friendship with my Instagram. Your Instagram is wondrous. <laughs> It, it, it's, it's so uh, sad. I can't believe it's a I'm sight to be seen. I can't believe I'm saying that. I just, I like to, I like to take pictures of people that um, inspire me. And then I always end up putting those pictures on Instagram. So when I go on Instagram, I see people that I love. I love that. Which is why I have a warm feeling towards Instagram as opposed to a bad feeling about girls in bikini photos. Yes. That, no. Which is fine. Which is fine. <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> which is totally fine. I feel like a good way to end it. Perhaps <laughs> is a good way. Completely fine. <laughs> it's time to go eat one of your four cakes. Yay! All right. Now, now I'm going to press off. This has been 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4. I'm Tali, and today's guest was Maddie Deutsch. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more episodes, you can find us on our website at www.rainbowblondrecords.com slash podcasts. You can subscribe at Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what you heard, give us a review. We appreciate the love. And as always, wishing you success on your creative journey. Peace. Do you want to wait for the plane? So Los Angeles to wait for a plane. I know. I really missed it. Well, Ugh. you know. Enough, enough time with sound, guys. Hold for the plane. No, hold for the plane. I might include this, though. Hold for the plane. <laughs> All the actors are standing around like, ugh.